A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Was that the best pay-per-view slash premium live event of the whole year? I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Lou Goen at DAD. Welcome to the biggest party of the summer, Summerfest Slam review on the Rest Store Podcast channel. Please do give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on demand. Press the thumbs up button and get in your thoughts to the show by going to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars. None of your Canadian stuff. I know it's the Commonwealth Games right now, but I've got no time for it. All the Australian dollars as well. I want to. No, don't want them. US only, thank you very much. I'll read them out before the end of the show. Right. Do you want some immediate reactions to the title? <gasps> yes. Um, because I'm sure people are on board with this because it's so positive and it's WWE. Uh, no. No. Strong, but not the best. No. Yes. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> best paper of the year. No. Yes. Okay. okay. So somebody said yes. What? Uh, two people said yes. Everyone else has said no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look. Let a man be happy for once. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Do you know what's remarkable about this is that, so when Sullivan and I did our live reactions to this show, we were like, I think that had an incredible opening and I think it had a really awesome spot, like one of the all-time great spots in a main event. Overall, I didn't think the main event was actually that good, but that one spot was like the one of the most incredible things I've ever seen on a wrestling show. And I think the rest of the pay-per-view is broadly forgettable. And, and may as well have not been there. Uh, what, are you saying you've already forgotten about Bobby Lashley <laughs> defeating Austin Theory? But the reaction to our live chat was like, guys, you're missing out. This is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like 10 out of 10, 13 out of 10 show of the year. Mm. All the reactions that we're seeing on Twitter after the show was like, this is the greatest pay-per-view WWE have ever done. And like this, that, and the other. And it's only since now that people have, like we've done videos where we're like, hey, it's a great pay per view. That all these people who come out of the world would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you're <laughs> overreacting a little bit much here. Look, it is a big statement to make, especially in a year that's had, you know, Forbidden Door, WrestleMania, Revolution, Royal Rumble, one of the best Royal. Wait, was that this no, year they, that they, was bad? No, these years Royal Rumble were, were both terrible. okay. Um, the. What I th- what's really interesting for me is because you know I'm we're, we're learning a lot of the time as much as you are all here in our views and we try and be self-reflective and figure out hey why do we think these things and of course last year AEW could do no wrong for me what the the, the summer of AEW with Punk Danielson and Cole people were brought in and I was so excited because that built a lot of sort of goodwill within me and I'm like I'm, I can't wait to see what you do with these new things because you've had such an excellent track record so far. That sort of feeling has waned. And now I feel like whenever new people get introduced, I'm a bit like, oh, well, you know, we've sort of forgotten about again yeah. and not really followed up on for a while. Hello, Athena. With WWE, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, with WWE right now, and it really is just this week, 
but they they have a rare thing where the slate in my head at least and i think it, it is sort of common out there has been wiped clean so there's this idea that we're dead to dream again that we can hope that when things happen they will be followed up on because to be honest if i watch this exact same show and it took place two weeks ago I would be probably more like you, where I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that was fun. Io Shirai's here. Uh, Dakota Kai's back. I can't wait to see nothing happen with them. Oh, yeah, the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns thing. I'm sure we'll see that uh, again. never again. And yeah, I'll be like kind of down on it because I know that I'm just going to get more of the same that I have done for decades. But right now, I just feel so much hope that everything that happened on this show... I had the enjoyment of experience in it, but then almost double the amount of excitement because I am really hopeful for what comes next. I think that's the really exciting thing about WWE at the moment. Like, you know, I, I did the Raw review, and the Raw review, that Raw episode, the first one with Triple H in charge, was such an okay episode of Raw. But because it was the first one that Triple H watched, people have been like, was it this? Was it this? Was it this? And I think people are going in with so much more optimism that shows now do feel better than what they would have been if we'd have known that Vince McMahon was still in charge. Like, it would be amazing if it came out that Vince is still actually the head of creative <laughs> and this Triple H thing is just like a public reason. It's clearly not, but it'd be hilarious if it was. What a play. <laughs> By bringing back Dakota Kai. Threw us all off the Vince McMahon scent. But I think that segment there, which we'll get to in, when, we get to the, when we get to it, is the most Triple H thing on this show. Everything else felt like a Vince McMahon product. Mm. Aside from, I say, the commentary. Everything else felt like a Vince McMahon show, but that one segment felt such like a Triple H stamp of, here is what I'm going to do. And for me, that one segment overshadows everything else that's on the show, because that segment there is like, that's the thing to focus on. Like, that's the optimism. That's of the, this is where things are going to change. And that change here will then bleed into all of this other stuff. Mm. So yeah, Theory Bobby Lashley was a, a nothing match. Uso's uh, Street Profits, a nothing match. The celebrity matches, nothing matches that ultimately mean nothing. But it's fine because this segment here has got so much good out of it. There's like the rest of the show in a few years time, they'll all be like that segment. And that I think is the most exciting thing about WWE right now is that it's a new, it's a new day. Yes, it is. And that I think this as a lot, not all, a lot, but some of this show really is pointing us into that direction of here is what you're going to see all the time in a few years. Well, should we talk about the, the main, main event first? Well, because one of the strengths of this show, I think, is how it was bookended by the most amazing things. You had the Becky Lynch-Bianca match and all the ensuing angles that happened afterwards. And the, the main event was Brock versus Roman. Now, I I was actually looking forward to this, despite oh, you that that we've guy. seen it before. I was As soon as they said last man standing, I thought... That's going to be a really fun match. And I wasn't a fan of their WrestleMania match. Nope. I thought it ended like so anticlimactically. So I'm glad they went out there and did this because <laughs> this had sort of Batman no man's land. There's been an earthquake in WWE and now it's just absolute dystopia chaos everywhere. Yes, I'm reading it at the moment. And now they've just got to fight for supremacy. Yeah, it was a match that I, I honestly... Like maybe I'm, I'm. I think I'm in the minority on this one. Um, going by the the comments that I've seen, and everything people saying that it's their favorite of the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns matches. I thought for the most part it's every Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match we've seen, just with a couple of table bumps. And but I was what I was about to get to. Outside of the tractor spot, <laughs> what were the big moments of this match? Look, 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 look. You don't need any other moments. Well, that, Out, are, you, are you really sitting there? Outside of that time where they but, lifted but up they, the ring with the tractor. What, but this is what I said in my, in my immediate reactions video that I posted. It was like, it doesn't matter that the rest of the match was just every Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. Because it had that one spot. And that one spot elevates it. But like for me, I'm, I look at it as, as a whole piece. Being like, the match wasn't very good. But that one spot is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And both of those statements are can be true i i know what you mean um but usually when you look at any series of matches they do copy and paste large chunks of the formula and just tweak about 20 percent of it as the new bits but the formula is just 
throw some suplexes to an F5 oh, yeah. and a spear. Oh, yeah. But now there's a tractor. <laughs> and I know I know, it wasn't all tractor, but the tractor was always there next to the ring and it was set up very what, clearly at the start entrance. of the match. What an entrance. It was Chekhov's tractor. You cannot tell me in any other Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match. You're, 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 you're experiencing the narrative of what they're doing, but then you're also always thinking... But what's that tractor going to do? Honestly, during the live reactions, it wasn't <laughs> until Brock got into it. Because we all thought it was just going to be a, uh, you know, he'll put, I said, he'll put him into the digger bits and then he'll dump him out. Like, that'll be the big spot that they do. I thought he was going to hit, an, you know, one of those lame standing F5s. Yeah. Or I said, bit. they'll do the, um, uh, the, the finish to halftime heat with Rock and Mankind, where, like, one of them gets trapped underneath the digger <laughs> thing, and that's how they, the last man standing match yeah, will end. Yeah, yeah. And then I said to Sullivan, got to be mad if he tipped the ring, though, wouldn't it? And then he started to do it, and he shunted the ring forward, and that was when everyone lost their minds, being like, oh, oh, I think they are going to tip the <laughs> ring. <laughs> <laughs> spot of the year. That is the most <clears throat> incredible spot I've ever seen in a wrestling match. I will probably ever see in a wrestling match and it's the beauty of wwe no other wrestling company on this planet can do that spot and that is what that that's the other part of why i love this show so much and it's i've sort of brought it up a few times recently and that is i love sports entertainment mm. i see it very different to what AEW do as professional wrestling i was brought up on sports entertainment i was a wwf kid so uh, when we think of sports entertainment now, though, we think of, oh, it's rubbish because it has become rubbish. But Lame actually, DQs. it's a pure idea there. And this is the sort of pinnacle of a sports entertainment visual. So and this is why I was like really into it. Because once that like that got me massively into the match, that one spot. Roman doing his big time like the ring. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. I absolutely loved it. Then Theory ran down for the cash in and there was all this excitement. And the problem is that the, the match just kept going after that. And that's where I lost interest in the match because they had the high point, but then didn't end the match with the high point. They mm. kept going for like another seven, ten minutes just doing hit him with a thing. One, two, <laughs> back up at nine, hit him with a thing. One, yeah. two, back up at nine, hit him with a thing. And that's why I was like, oh, lads, just... Let's call it a day. Like, Roman's won the match. Like, let's... We don't need to protect Brock anymore here. Let's just, just call this a day. There was a part of me also that was like, ah, oh, I kind of wanted this to just be between Roman and Brock. Sure, Theory can get involved, but the Usos' interference, Paul Heyman's spots, I was a bit sort of like, oh. I, that was it, repetitive. It's every Brock Lesnar yeah. Roman Reigns match you've ever seen. Although Paul did take a very, very rare bump, being F5'd through the announcer's desk. It was pretty, pretty rad. So the way Roman beat Brock was that they eventually covered him in all the debris from the surrounding ring area. And, you know, that was too much, too heavy for Brock. That's because Roman Brock. stood on it as well, oh. which I think is technically interfering with the count. I was just screaming for them to put Paul on it. <laughs> Just like drag his body over, lump it there. Yeah. I mean, what would have been more poetic actually is probably the W. If he laid the WWE Championship on top, and I can't. Yeah. I am underneath you. Um, but yes, this was an extraordinary match. Uh, but mostly, but deservedly so, entirely because of the tractor. Yeah. I don't I think you want to have a really different style of Roman Reigns Brock match. And then also have the track. No, but that was always going to be the problem with a Brock Roman match is that like, and this, and I also want to say as well, this is not Brock and Roman's fault. This is, I think, a Vince McMahon issue that he's given us that match 15 mm. times in the last year <clears throat> that we're all just sort of like watered down on it. If they'd have done this match at Crown Jewel and then here, I think it would have been a different story, but also like all of the the start of this year has just been built around Brock and Roman yeah. that when they just announced it again it was like oh god again like we're going to this well again and the build for this match has been non-existent they've had one segment mm. together and it was the segment where they announced the match was happening the pair of them have not been on the same show since so like I, I think the build has been lackluster and so when it gets to the match I'm like I just want this to be done with so I think it is an extraordinary spot in an otherwise okay match 
One thing people aren't talking about enough is Brock Lesnar drove the tractor down the very long aisle. And so that was quite a narrow aisle for the width of the tractor, the girth. Yeah, we were, we were worried. Like, he was just, like poor, poor Colt <laughs> that Drew got everyone chanting for. He could have easily been taken out by this tractor. So Brock stands on the digger arm uh, to announce himself. Snatches the ring at Mike. Mike was it Mike Rain? Yeah, uh, he already had a microphone in the thing. Oh, okay. He just told. He just picked up his microphone and told Mike to shut up. And he did his ring introduction, and then he tosses the mic. Have you seen Roman Reigns catch I've it? I've not. I saw someone mention it already, but I haven't actually seen the clip. Oh my god! So Roman doesn't like do that and catch it. He catches it by his waist, <laughs> like it comes down, and he just like that. No effort. It's one of the coolest. Do you remember when we saw, was it Jordan Devlin, flipped a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a water bottle and it landed on its top? Yeah. It was that. He's a cool guy. <sighs> He's effortlessly cool, is Roman Reigns. One more year, I say. Well, I mean, that okay, so very quickly, because we need to get into the Ultra Jazz. Do you think he loses at Clash at the Castle? If I was booking WWE, I would say yes. I, I think that would be the right move. Put the belt on Drew now. Yeah. Well, in, in Wales as well, his home country. <laughs> well, of Britain. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. That's what we do when, when we don't have just one of our own. We just co-op someone else's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're ours. They're ours? They're British. Yeah. yeah. But you can't have Davy Boy Smith. And he is an Englishman. <laughs> uh, what do, I'm just seeing if I missed anything else. Oh, yeah, Theory did not properly cash in the briefcase, <coughs> which meant he's still live. Yeah. I don't know what his attempt, what his theory was, his, literally his theory mm. was, because, I mean, people have been talking about this in the lead-up to it. It's like, how do you cash in on a... A last man standing match to make it a triple threat. How do you do a, a triple threat last man standing match? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess he would have just. Uh... Sorry, I've got someone has posted the clip. Mm. Sorry, everybody. You're just gonna have to watch Luke yeah. watch this microphone catch. <laughs> oh! oh, mate. Hello. Oh. <laughs> It's like he passed it to him. Jesus. That Incredible. is... Incredible. <laughs> so maybe maybe Roman should retain against Drew. I want him to hold the belt forever now. Yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Now <laughs> <laughs> I click that. Oh, well, I'll kick things off here. Uh, Sean Carter, this is from last night's uh, stream that was left over. Thank you for the fun evening, Luke and Sullivan. I won't be able to make it to the UK for your party, but I am planning a trip to London within the next year. I'd love to buy you all a drink, play a board game or two with some of the rest talk and NRB crew if possible. Yes, please. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the Patrickle says, the I liked you better when you weren't allowed mm. to have an opinion line from Corey Graves to Michael Cole sums it all up. Who thought Michael Cole was going to be the guy that benefited the most from Vince's departure? Me. Because I, I was the guy that's been championing Michael Cole. I've been like, he's just... Because <coughs> he was producing all the NXT commentary. I remember like back in the day, it was like, when everyone found out, it was like, he's a really good commentator. Did you see the NXT UK tournament when it was just him and um, Nigel McGuinness? Guys, like, he's freaking great if he's not under the Vince McMahon shackles of repeat after me. I agreed with you. But I could not ever emotionally acknowledge it because I I hated I hated Cole so much in 2010. Heel Michael Cole oh. was the worst. Uh, Kevin said, "I'm sure WWE renamed Io Shirai Io with a Y in the middle so that people will stop calling her Io Shirai." Cough, Adam. Cough. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I like how they put it all in capitals. Yeah, I like that it's all in caps. Yeah. Uh, Charles Berg. So we didn't have any. We couldn't really hear the commentary, mm. so we were just like freaking out over Io Shirai. If one saw like three matches later, them said, "Is they calling it Io like Io Sky?" Io Sky. And then went, oh, and I really did have like <laughs> like a balloon that went, had some air let out. I was like, oh, they changed their name. Yeah. Oh, I really thought that was going to end with this. Uh, Charles Berg. Brock has a has collapsed a ring, and now he's lifted one. Amazing. He's something else. That's amazing. Nine uh, nine women on yesterday's card. Eight looked bag badass, and one of them was Maurice. Hmm. If I was AEW, I'd be worried because Triple H knows how to make a women's division matter. Jam, that's jam. I you don't don't discount all the work WWE has done for their women's division because Becky Lynch is a star, Bianca Belair is a star, Bailey's a star. Ronda Rousey's a star. They've made Liv Morgan a star. This is pre-Triple H stuff. Uh, Kian says, Hi, lads. I loved Becky's heel run, to be honest. Brilliant on the mic as ever, and a career best year in ring. Can't wait for the EO match. Love your loads. Uh, Charles again say, I'd like to mention, I was correct about Michael Cole being very good hmm. at his job. Made the statement, made that statement about a year ago, and I was scoffed at. Said it yesterday, but I'll say it again. People didn't like Michael Cole because he just did what his boss wanted. Mayor of Painsfield, Dan, last night we all witnessed the greatest thing in WWE history. So, I don't know if you know that this is Dan's new thing. Well, he loves maximum male models. Yeah, this is his new gold dust. Great, great, great. Um, we all witnessed the greatest thing in WWE history. The sole reason Ollie gave this show 95%, the maximum male model water rep uh, presentation. It was so fantastic. I keep going back to it. Triple H has saved WWE and titillated my guilty pleasures. I mean, at least it wasn't a 15-minute Xavier Woods water fight in the ring. It was a back, like, I think Triple H's got the foresight not to do it in front of the crowd that can boo it. Yeah. Well, it was a backstage thing. The only way this would have been better if it was Alexa Bliss and Lily. <laughs> That's what I was after. Uh, Gabriel Reyes. Show was fun. The first <clears throat> match and returns had me pumped. Brock versus Roman 222 had me sports entertained. Hmm. Only critique I'd have is I'd like to see the bloodline start to lose belts soon. I think their big matches don't excite me because they always win. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. Uh, Superman syndrome. Joshua Larkin has been a Menberg for 12 months in a row. Marked improvement over recent WWE shows and a great sign for the future. Still not a mark of Revolution 2022 or Forbidden Door, but it was good stuff. Right, yeah. Hey, yo. My thoughts during the main event. Brock's on a tractor. Interesting, I guess. <laughs> All right, match is going the way I thought it would do. Okay, dropped him safely with the tractor. That's cool. Okay, well, that's a new one. Four out of ten. Uh, Chris. That was a Bret Hart four out of ten yeah. wink. Uh, Chris here says, great show, but I'm still worried about these returns. It leaves Alexa. <laughs> I hope that Triple H doesn't treat it like she was in NXT. Uh, I don't think he will, but what she said on Monday was given hope that she might uh, go after the belts. Let's not look away from her. Like I, We said this to you yesterday, Chris, but the whole brilliance of this is that it's revitalized the entire division, not just one person. I think we're going to see a draft. Sharpish. You reckon? Well, like, so we'll get onto it in the women's match, but my God, there's so it's so loaded on Raw now. But SmackDown's got loads of women's talent. They just don't yeah. have, and they haven't done anything with them. All they need to do is just have a complete refresh of the talent. Not like a refresh of the talent pool, but just reevaluate what you've got mm. and just start to build some people up. And you've got the, then you've got an actually perfect balance there. I think you need to move some people around to to enable that refresh. I don't know if you do. I, I really don't think you do. I think SmackDown's actually got more than enough talent mm. that they could do something great with it. They just, they're, they're chosen not to. 
Uh, Bacon Rasher. Hey, lads, I didn't watch the show, but thanks for letting me know. It was decent. I thought Theory would have cashed in, but then on Raw, Roman says you can only challenge for one title. Give me the blue one back. Then we have a title on Raw again. That mm. would have been awful. <laughs> uh, Riot DR. So Io Shirai is now Io Sky, so I'm assuming she's no longer the genius of the sky, Io Sky. Perhaps genius of the air, prodigy of flight, Ariel Einstein. Sorry for <laughs> that. I'm all for this group. Make, uh, maybe the women's belts aren't dead. The genius of the Io Sky. <laughs> Well, that leads us very well onto our first match of the pay-per-view, the opener, which was Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Of course, keep on sending in your ultra chats. You got it. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read the rest of the out, rest of them out at the end of the show. But yeah, Lynch versus Belair, it started with. And I thought this, I didn't expect this to resonate with me the way it did as soon as they got in the ring with the video package of course i was suddenly hit by oh my god becky returned last year and squashed bel-air and this is kind of the year culmination of this storyline i said in the predictions video it's going to go one of two ways either they have a wrestlemania <laughs> rematch and have the best match on the night or bianca Belair beats her in 26 seconds mm. and i'm glad they went with the other one because basically my argument was that's a really good way to kind of mirror how this feud started last year but actually i think they had the foresight to do a much better ending to this and an actually much better punctuation and i'm so glad they just went with doing the match because they had a banging match with my favorite kod i've ever seen bianca Belair proper threw herself into that <laughs> kod like with the sit down it looked awesome but it was like the post-match, not the returns and stuff, the post-match between Becky and Belair was my favourite thing on this mm. show. Yeah, but like, you've already, Belair's already gone over Lynch. Like, we've seen that happen. So it happens again at the end of this match, spoiler. And that was enough, I thought. I was like, wow, yes, that really cements Belair at the top. Uh, can't wait for Becky to get even more psychotic in this decline that she's going through. But then when Becky shook the hand, didn't turn on her again, and hug hugged her in quite a genuine way. I wasn't prepared for for that happening. Yeah, it it really hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. Because mm. that, that's the bit I loved the most about this. This is a feud that started with a handshake pulled into a manhandle slam and a heel turn. And it ended with a handshake pulled into an embrace and a babyface turn. Mm. That is poetically beautiful. I don't think they ever had that planned. I mean, likely, yes, I don't think that, that was ever the intent. But like, that's but the sort well of thing. done. Well done for putting that together. Because I thought it was just such a beautiful thing. And like, me and Sullivan, it was so funny, like, you know, in hindsight. We're watching this match, loving it, because it's mm -hmm. such a great match. But we are there being like, well, I mean, Bianca's got Alexa to go to after this, but pff, I don't know where you go with Becky after this, because this raw women's division is floundering, and it really needs an injection in the arm. Mm -hmm. And then out comes Bailey. And we were like, well, there's an injection. That's really nice. And then out comes Dakota Kai. <laughs> and we're freaking out being like, oh, my God. And then come, out comes Io Shirai. And I was like, all of a sudden, this is the best women's division uh, yeah. on, uh, in WWE. And I now cannot wait to watch Raw to see what the next chapter of this is. So when they came out one by one afterwards, were you like, oh, it's just like the next challengers? Yeah, that's what I, I, didn't, I thought. I didn't buy them as a faction. It wasn't until they were standing next to each other. Because I was like, are they a group? Mm. Like, are they now together? Because... Like, like Bailey didn't seem surprised that Dakota Kai came out. And I was like, this is so weird. And then she stood by, I was like, they're a tag team. Bizarre, but I'm going with it. <laughs> then Io Shirai came out and did the same thing. And I was like, they're a trio. It's so weird, but I'm so on board for it. They do seem like not very well matched. <laughs> they had no matching gear. Yeah. That, they should have all there was had no that go here. pockets. Bailey had so many pockets on. Maybe there's more NXT, released NXT stars <laughs> in her pockets. Ready to jump out in the match. Tegan Knox is in one of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it did give me some sort of... If this was another time, I would see this and go, oh, great, okay, so there's two people for Bianca to beat a lot to then get to Bailey. This is just... It's team bad. It's... Although, you know, when everyone came up in teams of three... The submission sororities yeah, or whatever they were and called. and none of them were good. Uh, so, so here... But no, but I, but I'm more excited for it purely because it's Triple H. a new dawn. 
like this is a Triple H run thing, and it gives me so much. I, so the Fightful had their report out last week after Triple H was named head of creative, and there were a lot of talent that had left WWE or let their contracts expire that told Sean, if I knew I was going up to the main roster with Triple H in charge, I would have resigned. Like an AEW star said that I was mm. like, I would have, I wouldn't have gone to AEW. I'm very happy in AEW, but I wouldn't have gone to AEW. I would have stayed in in WWE. Adam Cole. Well, Sean has said it's not, <laughs> but. Sean has said it's not in Bucky O'Hare. It is. It's either him or Adam. It's either him or Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, but either way, like I think Dakota Kai is like she's the example of this of a released talent that had options to go elsewhere. She had options from AEW. Impact were interested in it because Jordan Grace wanted mm-hmm. to bring her in. According to Sean, AEW were having like early conversations with her. But and there were stars on the AEW roster that were pushing or pitching to Dakota to come and join them. And she has chosen to re-sign with WWE. That, I think, says so much about the change of a landscape that we have got ahead of us. I, I also, though, where, where am I going to... I don't know. Yusha Rai is another one. She was, kind of, she was gone. Yeah, even before... No, I'm not going to say even before Triple H, but certainly now. Like, do I want to be a women's wrestler in AEW or a women's wrestler in WWE? I don't think it's a no-brainer. No-brainer, because like AEW is a floundering place yeah. to go if you if you have gone the women's roster. So this is really exciting. Loved I it. I personally think we'll have a shake-up soon. Maybe it will be in September, uh, just to balance out a bit of the talent. But yeah, it certainly seems that we've got a because Becky then stood. And backed up Bianca oh, Belair. What an awesome visual that was after just yeah. going to war with each other, standing side by side. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And the look that they gave each other, just like, yeah, we're doing this now. Mm. I, I thought it was so cool. Although, you know, hey, WWE always just relying on returns to get the pops. Like, you know, do something creative for a change. Long term build for Survivor Series? Maybe there's Maybe, no brand supremacy this year. It's a Triple H world. What does Survivor Series look like in War a War long- Games? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm now excited for what Survivor Series actually is going to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But it might not be pointless brand supremacy in red and blue t-shirts. Of all the creative decisions on this show, this this is 100% Triple H. Yep. So you'd think... It's got some long-term plans. It has to be. So, yeah, that was the other thing that um, Sean was saying, that the, you know, what things can we expect to change? And Meltzer read about this in The Observer as well. Long-term storytelling is a thing that's going to change because, A, Triple H is a fan of it. B, it's easy to do without Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon couldn't do long-term storytelling because he either got bored of doing uh, long-term stories or he'd forgot he'd started them. It's and just, st- and just stopped doing it. Or, or forgot that he had done a match three times already and would just do it for a fourth. Sully is coming. You know, <laughs> After that, we got The Miz versus Logan Paul. This didn't start off with much heat because, you know, it's t- essentially two heels. Really tough dynamic to make work. But Logan Paul was incredible. Of course, he had a tag team match at WrestleMania. A lot of his potential inexperience was hidden. This is a singles match against The Miz, who is a fine, you know, soft-style, WWE-style worker, but not really the guy that can make someone else who's not good look good. So I thought this was very, very impressive, and Logan Paul got the win when Tommaso Ciampa was sort of chased off by AJ Styles, and there was an accident with Maurice. Logan Paul won. Yeah, it was okay. Like it was, it's fun. I'm uh, the problem. So, the thing with Bianca, Becky, and Bailey, and all that made me excited to watch Raw. And the things I enjoyed the most on the show are the things that have made me to look forward to what's coming next. This didn't do this for me because Logan Paul's probably not going to be on Raw until we go have the next Saudi show. Mm. So, him like the Miz losing does nothing for the Miz, does nothing for Logan Paul either. So it's just it's a filler thing on a card impressive like don't get me wrong he did uh, his frog splash from the top rope to the announcer table was insanely great perfect picture perfect but ultimately it's <coughs> it's it means nothing it's a it's a a, a value meal at mcdonald's usually D- delicious but it does not fill you up usually i'd agree with you but i actually think it's a happy meal because <laughs> there is a treat inside of here aj styles chasing off tomaso champa it's an aj champa feud with a, with Triple H to the help because like I would have been well, here's the thing they've already done that match on Raw 
and it sort of was like it ended in one and a half minutes. So I was like, yeah, great. But then I was like, ah, no. But now with Triple H here, I just want Champer away from Miz, basically, because mm-hmm. I I think he is much. He's being brought down by being associated with the Miz. I'm so excited for Monday's Raw. Of course, me and Luke are reviewing it now. Uh, we've been bumped off AEW for a month because we lost a round in Quizzlemania. Mm-hmm. Go over to Parts of Unknown to check that out. Tempest and Pete will be reviewing AEW until All Out. Yes. But I, th- I'm actually, I don't I'm mind that. Well, I can still what, watch AEW. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I was like, I'm, I'm actually on annual leave, mm. so I'm going to miss this week's Raw. And I'm actually gutted that I'm missing this week's Raw because I kind of want to see what the fallout for SummerSlam is. The This match was brilliantly carried by The Miz. The Miz is perfect at this role. This is where The Miz excels in doing celebrity-based matches. Bad Bunny is a great example. Yeah, but... he's no And, and Logan Paul is no Bad Bunny. There were, there were loads more uh, people in those matches. That was a tag match. Yeah. I but, Honestly... But, hey, did you see Bad Bunny in the Royal Rumble? He was great. I think Logan Paul... He's got, we know he's very athletic. He can do backflips, the frog splash. He laid in the strikes. He was kicking the cack out of him. Yeah, there was one clothesline on, on the Miz. I thought, God, I bet even Daniel Bryan didn't hit him that hard. So yeah, I, I was a big fan of this. I just wish Logan Paul was a heel because then this would be amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> Maximum Male Models did their water bottle promotion thing. I guess if you're going to promote water, the that's, summer that's, that's is a 95% good time. percent sugar. Summer is a good time to do it. Yeah, because that's when people are thirstiest. I guess so. <laughs> Theory then took on Bobby Lashley. This was a bizarre one. It was only five minutes long. Uh, Theory attacked Lashley before the bell with the briefcase, but it was mostly just Lashley dominating. And it ended when Theory did his sort of forward roll through the ropes. Lashley hoists him up in the air. Very incredible overhead press. Drops him down into a hurt lock and wins. Austin, I said this in the uh, Raw review last week. Austin Theory needs all the help he can get because no one buys him as a top guy. This did nothing to help people (laughs) buy him as a top guy. Do you think Triple H sees anything in him? It was a Vince McMahon project. But before then, he was was, in the way and stuff. Part of the way. So I think Triple H probably does. I don't think he may see in the same way that that Vince saw him like like maybe Triple H doesn't look at him as the next John Cena mm. but I think Triple H sees him as a potential like upper mid card guy in the company yeah I, I just wish they'd stop beating people who's <clears throat> got the briefcase it's like well we've got the briefcase so it's fine yeah that's kind of a booking decision I would have hoped that was an old school thing but maybe Triple H believes that too yeah uh, Judgment Day versus the Mysterios this was a decent match uh, well worked. I really like Balor and Mysterio's interactions. It was an ODQ, so it was weird that actually, people were tagging in and out. I actually forgot it was an ODQ until yeah. Ray brought a chair in with like five minutes before the match ended. He did a penguin slide on that chair onto Finn Balor outside the yeah. ring. The match, Amazing. The match was the, exactly the same match they had on Raw just five days earlier. So mm. it was like, uh, I'd feel like I was watching a repeat of something. Ah. But, but again, much like the truck... Uh, the, the tractor in the main event the match itself wasn't there to be a match it was just there to be a stage for edge to make a return because it was a surprise return <laughs> um which had an elaborate presumably long time to construct set yep. a big staircase and pulsating flames and then edge appeared Arr, i'm i'm wearing a red jacket i'm a creepy wow. vampire man i'm a vampire and then nick cage movie was running that going, i'm a vampire i'm a vampire <laughs> that's what edge did here and then rather than turn into a bat and get there <laughs> really quickly in the ring as we mentioned before the SummerSlam entranceway was incredibly long so i'm pretty sure judgment day could have won oh yeah they just stopped and be like oh who's that over there Oh, it's edge <laughs> really far over that's there. the wall brother <laughs> So yeah, they they ran and and fought with Edge, even though really they should have just won the match. But you know what? It's sports entertainment. It's fine. And I was sports entertained by the Edge return. Yeah. Mysterio's won. Edge stood with Ray and Dominic. No Dominic heel turn yet again. No. uh, Judgment Day can't buy a win. Um, Mm. So still made a great decision kicking Edge out of the group. Probably going to go into Edge versus Balor, I presume, seeing that he kicked him out. Yeah, I think they'll do Edge versus Edge and Ray versus Judgment Day, or maybe mm. they'll introduce a new male member to it so they can do a trios match. Think Edge is going to be supernatural? 
I don't think so. No. I think he's just uh, just intimidation fangs. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll, yeah, he'll just do his brood stuff. Baron Corbin took on Pat McAfee. I love this. I love <laughs> Pat McAfee wrestling. He might be my favourite. He's the best thing since 2001 Shane McMahon for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a in fair, that role. Yeah, that's that's a fair comparison actually. I, I don't mind that as a comparison. Mm. Like I'm, I, I said this in the live reaction yesterday. I I'm not a fan of Pat McAfee's commentary. I've never listened to his podcast, so I don't know anything about that. Sort it's of the same. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of his commentary style. Um, and it's a match that again ultimately means nothing because on SmackDown he'll just go and sit at the commentary desk, and Baron Corbin will go into his next mid card heel feud. Oh. So no, nothing ha nothing changes, but. Much like the uh, the love triangle between Bobby Lashley and Lana and Rusev back in the day, Great. the crowd love it. So while I'm sat there being like, I actually think this is pretty rubbish, the crowd are so into it. And the crowd are so into Pat McAfee that I can't sit here and be like, he's terrible and I don't like this. Because like, oh yeah, it's not for me, but it totally works. So I, it's, a, it's a huge thumbs up. I think Logan Paul is the better wrestler. I was really impressed with him. But Pat McAfee is by far the better entertainer and performer. Like, he he has more charisma than a lot of the roster. Yep. And he's also got an incredible ability to recover from botches. Oh, my God. He, yes. Every single high spot he tried, he <laughs> bollocks and then recovered from it in the most spectacular of ways. There's a point where he's standing on the top rope. Baron Gorbin's outside. He's going to just do a sort of rolling sent on onto him and he legit loses his balance he does a bigger sell than roman reigns being tipped <laughs> up by a digger on the top rope like waving arms i thought he's gone for yeah and then he just somehow just like sheer force of will flips himself forward and hits the move that's yeah. anti-gravity he's got an incredible ability to recover from mistakes that he makes and he makes mistakes with every move that he tries but everybody did on this show. I think when when there's momentum and there's something in the air, which is I, I think is a tangible thing that's not unscientific, stuff just goes right. And there were so many points on this show. Roman catching that microphone. Brock Lesnar trying to do a springboard clothesline off the barricade, slipping and then just being like, all right. And it was fine. This moment here. Just everything went right. It was it's, it's nice when things just work. Yeah, yeah. And again, and the crowd were massively into this. He had a choir doing his bum ass Corbin thing. Um, Triple H definitely was involved in. That. <laughs> oh, entrances! That's sixty percent of wrestling. But also, it's like it's ninety percent of Pat McAfee's character is a is a big entrance. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it it tot the crowd lapped it up. So it's a huge thumbs up segment. See, what I like the most out of this, I know you said you didn't get anything from it, but the crowd were enjoying it. What I liked the most was something the crowd weren't actually privy to, and that is Michael Cole doing the best work of this show, which is also the best work he's done in a, probably a decade, main roster-wise, because he has a genuine relationship with McAfee, and he's just, like, shouting at Baron Corbin... And really, it really reminded me of how JR would react when Taz was feuding with Lawler. Yeah. I'm blind, JR. I'm blind. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I've gone back and rewatched it because we, we can't have the commentary up too much when we do the live reactions because if the microphones pick up the TV yeah. and WWE, they'll, WWE will flag us for content and they'll take the have the video taken down. So we have to have things on pretty low. So we can really hear the commentary. So we're having a lot of people feed stuff to us. So like that line of, um, I liked you better when you didn't have opinions. And a lot's changed around here. So I've gone back and I've rewatched this match just so I could listen to the commentary of it. And again, like while the match does nothing for me, I thought the commentary was mm. really, really great. I thought Cole had an, an amazing performance here. Also, because Corey Graves is a friend of Baron Corbin's. So there was a wonderful little juxtaposition yeah. there. I, I thought that was some, a really, really well put together sports entertainment match. Um, McAfee won with a botch. <laughs> We well thought he was going for a Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. But instead he did a Code Red. And I was like, I mean, I don't wow. know if that's what he intended for, but it worked. Baron Corbin Sunset did. Sunset Flip, I think. Baron Corbin did 95% of the move for him, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything just worked. Everything just worked. Drew McIntyre was out next. Sort of stood halfway in the entrance ramp because, you know, timing. <laughs> got to go through these. 
And he said, I think he's moved to Nashville, did he say? Yeah, I believe he is there. Because I think uh, Sean even said it's weird that him and Seamus aren't on the card because they both live in Nashville. Hmm. Um, But he talked up how he's going to face the winner of the main event at Clash of the Castle. And then he had this really good joke. But, oh yeah, for, for the first time ever match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in Nashville in a last man standing match. And then he turns to a kid in the front row and just goes, in front of what's your name, kid? And he's like, Colt. Let's chant for Colt. So good. What oh. an affable. That was the moment where I was like, put the belt on him. Like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. give him all the belts. He's so really great. Sweet. He's and awesome. Wasn't j- And then he like, loads of pyro went off with his sword. Wasn't just a really nice, effective, concise promo. Like if this was last year, this would be a 10, 15 minute in-ring bit. Overbooked, people interrupting, probably a little two minute squash match with, say but, a Smackdown butch. name. Yeah, Butch. Butch would have totally got squashed in two minutes. He did all smack two promo. weeks ago. But I thought this was, yeah, this was another sign of just a change in priorities yeah. for WWE. It was matches and the like the sort of promo work was better treated. Also, now I didn't think under a Vince watch they would have had Drew McIntyre go out and make fun of the main events yeah. and, how, and how we have seen it time and time again because that's what this promo was was him being like man this is a tired old main event isn't it and you are not interested in watching it mm. so I've, I've got to make fun of it maybe like, you lean into that as the storyline like Drew is here as an agent of change and Roman yeah. is indicative of the old Vince push. The the match that he had with Sheamus on SmackDown was mm. superb. So, so great. Uh, Sheamus there representing the Ivory Coast. <laughs> um, just, uh, just tremendous stuff. And with Roman now winning here, I'm so massively into the main event of Clash of the Castle. I think it's going to be a, an awesome match. They've actually done a really good job of keeping the two apart. Mm-hmm. Only having that six-man tag at Backlash... But and like they're on the same brand, but even like they have not done the singles match yet, and now we're gonna get it. And I really think they've done a great job in protecting both guys and making them feel like legit top dudes to go after the top title. And I think Drew could win. Street Profits took on the Usos after that with Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. This was nowhere near as good as their Money in the Bank match. Nope. It was almost half the time as well. Uh, yeah, it, it was a fun, like. It was a fine, it was a really good tag match, but compared to the other one, nowhere near as good. And just the ending was a bit strange. So I'll just go through what happened. Uh, Montez Ford hit the frog splash. He bounced off it, he sells his ribs, takes a little bit too long to make the cover. Whichever Uso it was kicks out. Montez Ford flips out at Jeff Jarrett, the special guest referee. That kind of leads to Angelo Dawkins getting hit by the 1D for the Usos to retain. And then Ford just looked incredibly pissed off. Yeah, I don't know what the point of this match was. I think quite clearly a Montez Ford heel turn. Yeah, which I'm not into. Like, especially if you're turning, if you're breaking up the Street Profits, pushing Montez Ford as a heel is not mm. the way to be doing this. The guy is just an incredible baby face and charismatic enough to be the, the, the lead guy there. He could be a great heel. I mean, he may be a great heel, but he's also such a guy like... Mm. I, I just don't, I don't Sammy know. Sami Zayn's a great baby face. I don't know why you'd like mess with the formula also like he has been saying in so many interviews i don't want to break this tag team up because i really <laughs> like being in this tag team yeah. but like wb are just incessant on breaking the team up but also like the the finish of the last match was the usos pinned montez ford when he had his shoulder up so how that wasn't factored into the re- mm. into the rematch with the special guest referee box moment like what did jeff jarrett actually do in this match because the the spot was that he did the frog splash and then he took too long to get into the pin. And Jimmy J, Jimmy or Jay, whichever one it was, kicked out well before the three. It wasn't even a close near fall. And then Montez Ford is screaming at Jeff Jarrett should have been a three. And I'm like, but why? It was nowhere near a near fall. So I do think this makes sense if Ford turns heel. Ford has been screwed over because of bad officiating decisions over the last couple of months. But this one was his fault. I'd also say he's only been one match where he's had bad officiating yeah. go against him. But the last, okay, but the last big premium live event, that was a bad officiating call. They brought in another referee to hopefully fix that. But this was Ford's fault, and he can't process that, so he assumes it's another bit of bad officiating, and that fuels the heel turn. 
I mean, it didn't have to be Jeff Jarrett, but you, you could have you no, no, done no. it with oh, any... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, Jeff <laughs> Jarrett means nothing that, that, in that this. Was, that was more of my point. It's like, I don't know what Jeff Jarrett brought to this other than he is from the area. But there's also... Uh, the, the first two minutes of this match was Jeff Jarrett hitting people. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I know the rules, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't hit him longer than five in the corner and then shove people around. I'm like, but the... The point of the story wasn't people getting out of hand or like a lack of physicality from the ref. It was purely bad technical officiating. This makes no sense. Yeah, this match I don't think really accomplished. It, it wasn't the follow-up that it needed to be after Money in the Bank. And it wasn't. It was not even half as good as the Money in the Bank match watch, which I think is a, <sighs> is a real shame. Yeah. It just makes me think they're going to do the match again. Potentially. Uh, let's see where it goes. You know, there's optimism here. I, to me, it... I can't see it being anything other than a Ford heel turn. Kid Rock was in the crowd, and he snogged a woman. Apparently that was a TikTok comedian. Yeah, speaking of uh, bad bad opinions, Kid Rock was in the crowd. <laughs> um, but it was quite well done, because this, was, this wasn't just gratuitous celebrity shot. It was actually kind of to catch you off guard, because Riddle ran through the crowd. Everyone's like, no, stop him. He's, he's not medically cleared, so he's not allowed to cut a promo. <laughs> well, what if he gets attacked? Which is what happened. He calls out Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins runs out with loads of officials sort of chasing him. Seth gets in the ring, of course. Riddle's injured. Stomps him. <laughs> I thought this was actually really well done. It felt genuinely chaotic. It, it was concise. You know, it wasn't another one of those 15-minute promo bits. But more than anything... I felt like the WWE officials felt like the baby faces. And I can't remember the last time that's happened. It's because Petey Williams is one of them now. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, do you want to hear my big theory I have about this? My big Austin theory about this segment. Triple H knew they were going to do this match again at Clash at the Castle. And because he doesn't want to be accused of doing nothing but rematches, took the match off of this card and replaced it with this angle to set up a match at Clash at the Castle. Thumbs up from me, dude. Yeah. Thumbs up from me. Yeah. It is a shame Seth and Riddle didn't get a, a match at SummerSlam, but long term, yeah. They I, get, I they think get it at the next great. stadium show, which is in a month's time. So it's not like we're never going to get the match again. In front of uh, probably, well, 22,000 more people or uh, Kane, actually 30,000 people. <laughs> uh, Kane later announced the official attendance of 48,449. Probably 40. Yeah, speaking of uh, bad opinions, Kane yeah. was here. Well, again, was there. he's from the area. Well, at least, he, at least he only did the number and the pyro. But, but even the pyro thing, he literally looks at the crowd and like, do I have to? Like, <laughs> if you go back and watch it, he does it. It's, like, it's almost like he didn't want to be there. He's like, yeah, 48,000 people. Thanks for coming. And he puts the microphone down, looks to the right and goes, <sighs> and then does this pyro thing and be like, Oh, guys, I, th I thought I'd really put this behind me now. Yeah, I'm a serious, stupid politician. <laughs> uh, okay, so the last match we'll talk about, because we already covered the main event, and Kane's pyro, was Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan. Quite an interesting match. Liv Morgan was pretty much dominated by Ronda for five minutes. Looked like her shoulder was dislocated, kayfabe-wise. She was selling it. Ronda locked in the armbar, but Ronda's shoulders were on the mat, and the referee counted three as Liv tapped out. This was something I missed. Uh, it's not in my review, and a lot of people have pointed it out since. Thank you. But yes, and then off the back of that, Ronda was so frustrated, she continued to beat up Liv, and she beat up a referee as well. Presumably a heel term. This is my second favorite thing on the show. Wow. And the reason it was my second favorite More thing on the, the show... More than the ticker. Uh, well, no, but... Uh, yeah, okay, uh, as, a, uh, as a spot. Okay. What I mean by that is, like, this is my second favorite match on the night. And then... It's spot-wise, it's my third favorite thing on the show. Um, and I think it's because, much like the Bianca Belair-Becky Lynch fallouts that made me really excited to watch Raw, this made me really excited to watch SmackDown. Yeah. And it I made me want to see what the follow-up is going to be. So I get a massive, massive thumbs up for me. I thought that Liv's performance in this match was really, really great as this, like, almost out-of-her-depth champion in there, in there with Ronda Rousey, who was just kicking seven belts of cack out of her. And I just thought her ragdoll selling was so good. The finish, I thought, was really, really great because they did an amazing job production-wise of Liv Morgan getting the pin. So she kind of stood up while she was in the armbar. Ronda's shoulders are down, and she counted the pin. And, the, you know, the crowd popped because they see the pin fall. 
And Ronda starts freaking out. And the commentators are like, I mean, Ronda's saying that Liv tapped out, but and she mm. got the pinfall. Like, I, th- I think Ronda's out of line here. And they show a replay, and you just see that Ronda gets pinned. And they're like, yeah, you see, look, she got pinned. Then they go to another angle. And in that other angle, Liv Morgan taps out at the count of two. And the commentator's like, oh, Ronda's right. That mm. is bad officiating. Get Jared in there. <laughs> That's the next match. <laughs> now, I know a thing or two about officiating. Referee sleeve off. Referee sleeve off. I just thought it was so brilliantly put together. I really, really liked this. And, I, th- I you know, the, the heel turn afterwards was, uh, it was okay. It was, it was okay. But, I think, you know, Ronda is Ronda. Um, uh, showing emotion is hard for robots. <laughs> but I thought the actual, like, in-ring action and the, the way that the commentary was put together in the production, I thought it was really, really great. I so obviously I miss the Liv Morgan thing. Um, I do like it more with the tap, but my but my problem with this match was more that Liv won with a briefcase cash in. It's not the strongest way. You kind of want to build her up. Uh, this was not a strong performance for her as a kayfabe wrestler. In fact, she looked utterly out of her depth. Uh, it's not what I want. You know, I've had that with Nikki Ash, so I wasn't a big fan of that. And then. When Ronda did turn heel, it just wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Well, I wanted her to really like start getting a weapon out. Uh, maybe some other people ran down that she fought off. This this could be excused as just temporary frustration. Uh, but yes, if it is a Ronda heel turn, it does make me very intrigued about SmackDown's women's division. But I do think it also made Liv look weak. So this was actually one of my... I said this was the only misstep for me on the whole show. I do agree with you on the, the Liv Morgan thing, actually, because they, the, the character they've been doing with Liv on Raw and then when she went over SmackDown was that people keep underestimating her and she mm. keeps winning. There's a, an incredible moment when she pinned Alexa Bliss on TV a few in the lead up to Money in the Bank. And the commentary team sold it like, whoa, my God, you just pinned Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss is like, whoa, I just got pinned by Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan's reaction was, yeah, of course I pinned you. Mm. I'm much better than you guys are giving me credit for. And I thought that was a really interesting character. And then also just got her ass handed to her by yep. Ronda. Like, you're fine until you get in the ring with Ronda. And that robot is going to beat you up bad. Ronda will <laughs> squash. <laughs> Ronda don't work more yeah. than five. But yes, that was the show. I, like I said, uh, I loved it. Uh, as we've talked about it there, there are things in there that, you know, weren't, didn't hit great. But I think it was all above average. Every single part of it was above average. Several spots were excellent. And two of them were all time. And one of them was use it in every video package ever. Forever. Forever. Together. Yeah. Whatever. So, I, and, and it's all about how I now feel. Like, am, am I excited for the next thing? Yes more excited than i've been for for a while well forever in wwe so yet for me this is the best pay-per-view of the year i cannot believe i'm saying this i think it's the best wwe pay-per-view oh yeah without a doubt by like by leaps and bounds i would say as well like i really enjoyed both nights of wrestlemania but both of them for different reasons as well because they were both wildly different things but for me, this is my favorite WWE pay-per-view by quite some margin. It's not my favorite pay-per-view of the whole year, though, because I, mm. I will, when I kind of think back to what pay-per-views am I going to re-watch, it's Revolution. Revolution. It's, it's is, Forbidden Door. Yeah. I'm not, I probably will, ro- I'll probably re-watch the Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch match, and I'll re-watch the Digger spots. Mm. But the rest of the show, I'm never going to go back and watch again. So I don't think it's like my favorite, the favorite thing I've seen this year. I think it started off really high. It's like um, my GM, actually. You just got to make sure your opener and your main event are good and the rest of it can be like yeah. quite low. As long as that works, then you get the right thing, right? I think it was a great opener, a great ending, a very big lull in the middle where I was like less interested and it didn't make me want to see more. But those two bits there did. And that's, that's, that's a big thumbs up. I'll just explain my... Because, of course, I rated this over Forbidden Door, which I gave, I think, 91%, and Revolution, which I think I gave, like, 93, 94, maybe. I gave SummerSlam 95. Forbidden Door, I've said all my problems with that. Don't need to go over it again. Which, honestly, with Revolution, it's too long. It was too long. It's too long a show for me. This had no wrestling on the pre-show, so you haven't got, like, that hour of stuff before. And it was 3 hour 40 minutes, which is longer than like my favorite three hours, but this is SummerSlam. It's one of the bigger shows. It's not four and a half hours. This breezed by for me. 
And it could have been even shorter if they don't have those, you know, fake four-minute commercial breaks after every match. Yeah, agreed. This is actually a three-hour, ten-match, three-hour, ten-minute card. So for that, I, I was, I loved, I loved yeah. the experience. Um, let's get into your remaining Ultra Chats. Elliot Doyle. Of course, Ollie would immediately jump WWE ahead of AEW as soon as he could. Such a WWE shill. <coughs> All jokes aside, a great start for Triple H in charge. I'm excited for what comes next. Still some catching up to do to reach the highs of AEW pay-per-views, in my opinion. Riot DR. Once upon a time, Dakota Kai and Aaliyah had a dark match and Aaliyah was called up and Kai was eventually released. Then they did nothing with Aaliyah. My theory, Dakota is so good that she convinced Vince that Aaliyah was main event ready. So glad she's back. Yeah, I'm glad to see Dakota Kai back. Really, I'm glad. (laughs) Jacos, just all kinds of stuff, says, Love watching your content. It's the reason I keep up with wrestling. Honestly, the Roman Brock match was amazing, but it was ruined for me by the amount of times I've seen it. Copy-paste this match to WrestleMania 38, and it would have been perfect. That's a great idea, actually. This should have been the WrestleMania match. With the digger? Yeah, exactly with the digger. Sean Wyko, or Seaniko. Really enjoyed Brock Roman, but I found the endings to Roman's title matches just really disappointing. So many false finishes that I don't buy them anymore. The one of them sticks seemingly out of nowhere, and it just ends. Lack of impact for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Robinson, Menberg for 11 months. After SummerSlam, I feel we are entering a new era of WWE. What would you call this era? The, I suppose, I mean, just the Triple H era. Triple H era. That's what I'm calling it at the moment, yeah. I called it the Bearded Dawn. I saw, it was very poetic of you. HCB. Hi guys, so I watched the show on Catch Up and was getting bored during Brock Roman, so I skipped about five minutes, then saw the ring was lifted and was holy hell, rewind a bit. Love the Raw Women's moment, stare down as it felt genuinely cool and not forced. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree, but I, it was a bit forced because Bailey, Kai, and Sky were all together. <gasps> Kai and Sky. And Bailey. Is that why they're cool? Is that why they renamed it? <coughs> Kai Sky. SJF Hoosier. Triple H did what uh, Vince often didn't, deliver the advertised card. He probably didn't like a lot of it, but he engineered best outcomes he can build on, creating optimistic paths forward. SummerSlam won't be remembered as the best in-ring premium live event, but as a turning point. That's it. I think it is Mm. the the optimism around Triple H taking over, I think is what has carried this pay-per-view more than anything that's actually uh, in-ring that actually happened on the show. Um, yeah, because tri- this is not Triple H's card. No. This is something that was booked way ahead, so really excited to see where he can take it. A TNA turning point. Timmy too dope. Roman would never have caught the mic like that if Vince was still running the show. <laughs> Everything was just working. Uh, Tem Rizza, what were your thoughts on the setup and the stadium? For me, Raw and SmackDown are where my real interest is because it is where we get a real idea of this new regime. The run-up to Clash will be telling how good meh it will be. Time to play the game. I mean, I think stadium setups are always look amazing for WWE because I love that massive mm. entrance ramp they have with like the little kink in it. And I think they've always got their cool, sta- like not stage, but the, the boards and everything that have got the, the um, Titantrons and whatnot. I, I really like the way they've set up stadium shows to the point where, because we're not going to clash at the castle, which is in a stadium, it's the Principality Stadium. I was like, oh, I'm actually gutted I'm not there to see because I've only ever seen the standard mm. Raw Smackdown homogenous just copied and pasted across just with diff- red, one of them's red and one of them's blue. Do you think we get a new set? I don't think it's any time soon, but I think mm. Triple H will want to differentiate how the two sets look. Mm, black and gold. Uh, but yes, I think, yeah. It's all, we've got to see how this plays out on weekly TV. But right now, we're just hopeful. Jaden Jones. Hey guys, me and my boyfriend have just got our tickets for the watch party as an early birthday gift for myself on Tuesday. I for- We forgot to promote this. Looking forward to meeting you all, as well as getting my boyfriend's opinions on the show, since he's only seen 2020 to 2021 AEW. Can't wait. 
Yeah, so uh, if you can't get to WWE Clash at the Castle, like many people can't because, you know, tickets are really expensive, really hard to get hold of, we're having a watch party for the show at the Joiner on Worship in Shoreditch, London, very close to Liverpool Street Station, so excellent connections to the Tube and National Rail Services. Tickets are available now, just £12.50. Link in the video description down below. You can also pre-order your food and drinks if you would also like. But yeah, we're having a watch on party. We're all going to be there. It's a wicked setup in, uh, in mm. the venue that we've got. The, the on the wall where we're going to be watching the show they've got four massive tvs that are joined together to make one uber tv the megatron oh it's good it is it's gonna look amazing we're yeah. gonna watch the show and it's gonna be a really really fun time uh we're really looking forward to meeting you all there we're gonna have an after party afterwards so we're really looking a bit forward of beer to... pong probably yeah if we can do absolutely i was also thinking like maybe we could set up a karaoke machine oh <gasps> with, yes. with the words on that massive screen yes we could do Masayoki. We could do Pokemon. <gasps> oh, <coughs> we could all do the National Express. Tickets are going fast, though. Yeah, we've <laughs> sold nearly a quarter of them already. Yeah, so do click the link. Is the link in the video description? It sure is. Click the link in the video description to get your tickets now. Uh, and finally, Tam Ruzza. So would it be fair to say that Ollie has struggled with the rise of sports-based pro wrestling with more MMA and sports influence? I hope this starts to wake Tony Khan the f up about the women and hope tony khan starts to realize he has to start expanding the budget i don't think the budget's the problem i think mm. it's the the timing on the show is the issue i also just do not think it's going to make him wake up tony khan has made his decision about what women's wrestling is in aew literally nothing on this earth is going to change that even if they get sasha banks mm. It is not going to change your one match and your one backstage interview for every episode of Dynamite. Hour 20 into the show, it's time, time for, for three consecutive women's segments. No, it's never going to change. We're three years into this product now. It's never going to change. Um, I don't I don't get what... Uh, so Ollie has struggled with the rise of sports-based pro wrestling with more, more MMA and sports influence. Not at all. I don't, actually, I understand it now. Uh, I love both. I, I love both equally. I was brought up as a kid was sports entertainment but then sort of my adult love was going into the more sports-based indie wrestling shows uh we've got a last one here from nathan portwoman who's uh, was actually at the event Ooh. first ever live wrestling pay-per-view bobby was somehow the most over person mm. of the night the light was too damn bright brock's a really good entertainer and a dude looked at me and said logan's really trying and we all started <laughs> cheering him after he said that well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us here today and for all your Ultra Chat and for subscribing and checking out the live reactions too. We will be back on Tuesday. I'll be back. You will with Andy Datsun. With Andy Datsun to review Raw. It's a new era. So subscribe and enable notifications to know when that's about to go live. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke in D.A.D. And jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.